The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, Dynasty. I am your host, Heath Cummings, here with two very good friends, Dave Richard and John Bosch. We have a three-man Superflex rookie-only mock. No, that doesn't mean that we're just taking three picks and then we're done. It doesn't mean that we're doing three picks of three rounds. We're going to do at least two full rounds of a 12-team rookie-only draft for a Superflex league. We will make all of the picks that will break that down. I want to talk specifically about the round two running backs and the tight ends not named Dalton Kincaid, but I'm sure we're going to start with Bijan and the running backs first. Well, actually, we're going to start with John Bosch first. John, welcome to the show. We always like to start with uh, with three questions for our guests. And usually we let them talk also about the things that they've been doing. But my three questions for you are about the three things that you've been doing. So we're just going to go right there. You are the <laughs> the third Fantasy Cares board member to appear on this show that I think has only had six episodes. So that's a pretty good ratio. Uh, one of the things I asked you to do is, is give us kind of 60 seconds on, on what you've done with fantasy cares and, uh, and what it's all about. How fast can I talk? Can I go like at triple X speed? Like, um, Please. so that would be the, very the, entertaining the quick pitch. I mean, this is, this is all, of course, Scott fish is doing. He has a passion for put a little charity into your fantasy. <laughs> like right. it's so easy. And he says it all the time and he's, Dead right. There are so many fantasy leagues out there. If people just consider donating one entry fee, like we can do massive, massive things with that. You don't miss it. He's right. <laughs> like 50 bucks gone from your championship, whatever. Like nobody notices that because you win, you still get a good amount of money and 50 bucks went to charity or something like that. Like it's huge. And so we have made a massive push in, in the last year, uh, actually becoming an official charity, you know, so we've moved on from being a fundraising group, which is what we were in the past. And now we're an official charity. So everything that's donated is tax deductible. Um, and we can just, we, we can really continue to grow it from here. And it's, it's been awesome to, to be part of it and right. to watch where it has gotten to already and where we can take it to is, unbelievable when people really start to think about it and participate and it does build a really fun community too like that's another big thing for scott and you know all of us right is 
making a nice fun community out of this as well. So it really is fantasy football is something special to me and to so many people that we, we get to do a lot of fun things with it. And I think to, to use that fun thing, Dave, that we get to do to also help people um, is about as good as it gets. I love hearing the joy in John's voice as he talks about fantasy cares and, and donating. And every year, every year, there's there's a push made for fantasy cares and for people to donate. And every year, everybody donates. It, it's It's incredible to see how giving and caring our community is, and and the proof is in in the numbers and the fact that we uh, see Fantasy Cares as, as a legit charity now. Um, I know the hard work that Heath puts into it, so I can only imagine how much work you Not put into close. it, John, and, and, yes. and there's a lot. And uh, last year I started getting into it myself, and it felt great to do a small part, a very small part, but uh, it's it's just great. It's a big love fest. While we try and beat each other's brains out in fantasy football leagues, the other four, or actually, it's Dynasty Show. The other eleven months out of the year, yeah, it's it's really fun. We we play a we play a stupid game <laughs> just for fun, and we we get a. It's not a stupid game, obviously. It's a very very. Oh, fun it's game. stupid! <laughs> it's stupid! It's ridiculous! It well, can be unfair. Okay, let's, let's be clear. It's stupid when you lose, and it's the best, yes. most awesome thing ever when you win. Um, speaking okay. of winning and losing, you mentioned the things that John does for Fantasy Cares. Question two: uh, Fantasy Cares Eliminators. This is a way that everybody listening right now can not only be a part of what we, we're doing with Fantasy Cares, but also get to play in a league. With I believe you did one last year, right, Dave? I did uh, a fantasy cares I, eliminator. I I've done a I, few of them for a few years. John, tell people <laughs> about what the eliminator is and then how they can get it. I mean, it's getting ready to start pretty quick. It is Thursday is the sign up. Um, I will say go subscribe to the fantasy cares YouTube page. Uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube, go type fantasy cares in your little search bar. Yeah. Click the sub and notification there. Definitely be subscribed by Wednesday night. But the the actual sign-up goes live on Thursday this week. So we will see everybody that's participating, all the celebrities, including Heath, including Dave. You can sign up to play in a league with them. Basically, we don't require donations. Uh, we do ask for donations. So if you're going to join one of these leagues and play with you know, somebody that you've listened to for years and you've followed, you've read their uh, their articles, things like that. I, I try to get a really good amount of fantasy people to celeb uh, the league, to head up a league, and then people, you know, join and donate and play against them. And we, we've been able to raise tens of thousands of dollars at this point with it, and it's it's really amazing. And, um, now, to now watch these are seven, seventeen team or eighteen team leagues this year. Eighteen now. Now 18. that we have a seventeen week useful Ooh. NFL season. Uh, we, we upped it to 18 teams. So each week, the lowest score, it's a best ball draft. So you, all you do is draft. That's it. Then you're done. <laughs> then you just watch the scoring and you hope you're not last because the person that finishes last each week is eliminated. There's no waivers to their team. It's not a guillotine. Uh, it's just they're out. Yep. Uh, and then obviously week 17, there's two people left and they will vie for the title for that eliminator. Now, last year you were... Um... I don't know. Some people might say ornery, um, ornery depends yeah. on what part of the country you're from, but, um, you had a efficiency only no volume in the scoring system. Um, the number of total yards you had, it didn't count. It just counted how efficient you were with those carries. The total, 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 like it, it, 
it was it was maddening. It I was had rough. no idea. It I believe, rough. if I remember correctly, the correct strategy based on your scoring system was to draft only defenses and kickers last year. Pretty much. That, um, that, did, that did work out well. <laughs> yes. Um, what terrible, evil thing have you done to us this year? So that's gone. The efficiency scoring yes. is gone, folks. <laughs> Everybody can be happy. Um, that happened last year because I, we all know volume is what rules fantasy football. Last year, I asked myself the question, what if it didn't? <laughs> what if efficiency mattered? Well, turns out it's really fun for like a year. Yeah, not <laughs> I again. would not want to play in that scoring system repeatedly. Um, total yards did matter, but if right. you did it all, if you took like twenty five carries to get the seventy five yards, that's a bad day. Right, <laughs> like that's bad. And honestly, I, I think it did kind of reflect reality football a little bit because you want guys that are efficient in reality football is way less fun for fantasy football. Right. So, so that's gone. Uh, But this year we're going back to, you know, somewhat more basic scoring. Uh, There will still be points for first downs, which is always fun. There's going to be points for bonus plays. Uh, Like if you get a play larger than, I think it's 20 yards is the cutoff. Good. Uh, Whether it be passing, rushing, receiving, you get a little bonus. So those are fun. Big plays are fun. But we can't stop there, of course. Um, this year, <laughs> everybody dislikes kickers and defense in leagues. I, I kind of go both ways. It can be fun. What about punters? Punters are good, people, right? Good. <laughs> We're yes. going to have punters this year. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Dave. Punters. Hey, Dave, how do you 18, feel about punters? 18 team league that takes 16 players. That's really deep. <laughs> At some point, a punter is going to be more valuable than like the wide receiver seven that gets cut in the off season. Or if uh, your by- past history of scoring um, is any indication, punters might just be the, the best players in the league. They're not. I, okay. I did my best to make it so they're not the best players. Good. They are. They're they're they they could be like a solid floor. The the goal is they probably score somewhere between like ten to fifteen points. Maybe they have a boom week. Um, but it's a lot of it's based on their average, their punting yard average the, for the week. The nice thing would be if we could get Azer in one of these, and then Dave, he would have a reason to talk about the Giants punter. <laughs> sure, but now I'm I'm thinking about what happens in the weeks where I take a punter that's on a pretty good team, and that pretty good team has an amazing week, and they never punt. He gets yeah. zero. I'm not going to get any punts. Yeah, you're, you're getting a donut. Uh, no punts, and, no and I points. have to start a punter, John? No, 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 no. Punters you never have to required. start anybody in John's league. They are just an option. They're, yeah. they're no positional I'm, requirement. The only limit in the positions is you can't have more than three quarterbacks. Three. So that's triple flex um, because we're at 18 already. So like even if you go to, you know, super you, flex. And, and, and you, you won't get a chance food. to draft three quarterbacks, I would guess. I would yeah, guess I, all the quarterbacks are gone before you'd make your third pick unless you I get gotta a backup. I got to believe it. Right. Okay, yeah. so. I mean, you know, all the backup quarterbacks will be drafted yep. maybe before punters. But eventually, and it's not just punters. We also added coaches this year. So okay. if you want to yeah. play for a coach, it's a coach is simple. A win is worth 10 points. A loss is nothing. That's it. So you're either putting a guy on, putting Andy Reid on your bench, and hey, if he wins the game, ten points might crack your lineup. <laughs> like, okay, so we are going to get to the mock draft very, very shortly. I yes. want to one more question, um, and this is a quick one. This could be the, the 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 trade chart or trade calculator show as well. It doesn't have to be a dynasty show because Dave has the the redraft trade chart that he's done for a decade plus. Yes, um, I I put out the dynasty trade charts over um, at CBS. Obviously John runs dynasty trade calculator.com. And I, and I, the thing I think no. I'd like for both of you guys to talk about, because mine's different than yours. I know 
what should a trade calculator reflect or trade chart? Is John, I think yours is probably more of this is the consensus value of each of these players. Um, is that what you're trying to do with DynastyTradeCalculator.com? So, one, I don't <laughs> that I, I, I work for that site. Uh, I, for, I produce sorry. content that, for them. Yeah, it's not I, my I, site. Use the wrong but, word. Use um, the wrong word. I, I do know the rationale. The rationale is at this value, half the people would give up this player for Perfect. this other player. The other half would go the other way. So right. it's kind of like the, the goal is to be the house in Vegas. But they don't care if they're right or wrong. They just want to be down the middle and like split, <laughs> you know. And that's that's pretty much the goal of the trade calculator is to put a player's value at a point where half the people say they'd rather have this player. Have, you know, that that's right. really the goal. Um, okay. Of course, I do a show where the whole premise of the show is saying where the calculator is wrong. <laughs> Right. Right. That's what I was going to say, Dave. Now, yours is kind of halfway in between those two things, right? Between what you think and what the general consensus is. I wouldn't say it's halfway. I, there's a definite lean toward consensus. Okay. It's, but it's based on what, how I'm reading consensus. And I'm not sure, like, how, do, how does John figure out the consensus? That's something that I would be interested in knowing. I've got my ways of trying to figure out what the consensus is. But there is some of it in my trade chart. That has to do with my feel for a player and the schedule coming up for a player. That stuff is all kind of reflected and calculated in there. Right. Uh, and it leans conservative as well. It, it's going to not, um, you know, I, I don't like changing values unless it's obvious that a value right. is going to change from week to week or, or moment to moment in the case of a trade. But I, I do think that consensus and, and general public perception should be the driving factor in any of these charts. Okay, John, do you know kind of behind the scenes how those values are determined? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know the exact algorithm because <laughs> right. uh, I am not privy to that, but I do know they pull in actually like real trade data from uh, leagues, which that's huge. Right. Oh, you yeah. Some trade calculators out there that don't have that kind of programming. Right. And that's really important, <laughs> quite frankly, right. because you can say, uh, you know, well, Bijan should be worth three three times this other guy. But if you never see Bijan move for anything, like it, it's kind of just a theoretical value. So right. it do pull in data like that. And, and mine, and I, again, we're it's a kind of a different thing, but mine is designed more to be like, here is my value for each of these players. Here's, mm -hmm. here's Heath's trade chart. What I like to do a lot of times is say, okay, I've got this trade that I would do on mine. Where can I find on the trade calculator where this looks even, but I prefer the other side. And so exactly how it should be used. Right, right. <laughs> like who do I value more than the public does? And so when you're using my dynasty trade chart, which will be out uh, Wednesday or Thursday this week, look at it that way. Find a tool like the dynasty trade calculator that shows you what the dynasty consensus is. And then if you'd like to follow my values, find a way where you can make a trade that benefits you on my chart, but is even on the other chart. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's and it's not just DTC. One thing I tend to do in a lot of my leagues is if somebody sends me a screenshot of a trade calculator, one, never do that. But if they do, all that does is tell me exactly which one they use. So then I make note of that. And if I'm going to offer them a trade, again, I, I operate in my leagues much like Heath. Where can I take advantage of this? How am I different from what this person is using as their trade calculator? Because if that's all they base it on, 
I'm going to try and take advantage of that. And then the last thing I will say is that it is absolutely 100% impossible to have a trade calculator or a trade chart that accurately reflects a trade between a contender and a rebuilder. Oh, um, because yeah. the, the, those two teams should be prioritizing completely different things. So if you are a rebuilder and you're making a trade with a contender, you should be okay with, with them. You should expect them to win the trade for this year. And you, they should expect you to win the trade for the long term. It, it should be that if you're valuing one thing, you're, you're targeting that. And not just that you're trying to win the trade across the board and get 10 years younger. That doesn't work. And it, not that I've been dealing with that at all in the last couple of hours as we start one of our uh, rookie drafts. Let's get into our own rookie draft. We've got some talking points as we move along. It'll be no surprise to see the first two picks of this draft. I am a, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a good host and that I'm a good host here, but I'm a good host. And then like, I welcome my guests. So I gave John the number one pick. He took the, the obvious pick in any format. I think now some people will tell you Richardson should go one Oh one in a super flex. Um, is that close enough for you, John, to where if you have one of those two positions accounted for, you might take Richardson over Bijan or is it Bijan no matter what in, uh, in rookie only? It's Bijan, no matter what, for me. If I if I want not Bijan, <laughs> then I've been shopping the pick since I got right. it. Um, if I'm on the clock and I'm taking the one one, I'm taking Bijan. I will yep. trade him afterwards. His value right now is just better than anybody else's I can get. He's going to go higher in any startup. He's going right. to have more value <laughs> next year. It, He's the easy one-on-one for me. So, Dave, I think Anthony Richardson, your pick, also the easy 102. Um, but is it – I have this theory that he should not be as valuable amongst the quarterbacks in a super flex league as he is in a 1QB league. I think in a 1QB league, he is shoot the moon valuable because I can find 22 other quarterbacks to be a low-end QB1 if he flops. But in a super flex league, I know like relative to all the other players, he's more valuable. But relative to the quarterbacks, his floor is almost nothing. And floor actually matters at quarterback in a super flex league, right? Sure. So I, I think in taking Richardson, it's it's a little situation specific. And that can include what happens at 101. It's going to be rare, but what if there's a fantasy manager that just had a bad year in super flex? They got the 101 but they're good at running back and they say to themselves, all right, well, I need, I need, I need some upside at quarterback. I'm good at running back. They can trade out of one-on-one, which is what John suggested. No complaints about that. Or they could take Richardson. And, and I feel like, I feel like if, if you need a quarterback in Superflex, why would you, why would you pass on Richardson? Because he might not start the season for Indianapolis. Although I kind of think, no, that, that, I don't think it's because he might not start the season. It's because it, he might you think not it's because he might just not be good. Yeah. Right. I get that too. Tell me about the other quarterbacks and how many of them can be top five, top 10, uh, regular, regularly top five or top 10 quarterbacks in fantasy that you'd feel safer about. The only argument that you can make for young or Stroud over Richardson is that they're going to definitely start the season. And their floor, I, their floor is higher than Richardson's, but their ceilings are not. Right. And I, I just, I've come to adapt toward ceilings when it comes to drafting and fantasy. You've got to go for that upside. Richardson's got potential not just to be a top five QB in fantasy. His rushing prowess, 
the fact that he's got a strong arm, the fact that he's not a project quarterback, just needs some work on his footwork and and maybe, you know, just accuracy in general. I think he can read the field pretty well. Yeah. I think he's got potential to be like a top three fantasy quarterback for fantasy. Speaking of top three quarterbacks, quarterbacks the, 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 the top three rookies, John, go with the next three picks after Bijan. It's Anthony Richardson at two. I took Bryce Young at three. You took CJ Stroud at four. I'm going to ask you kind of the same question I did with the Bijan pick. Is there any universe where you're taking Jameer Gibbs or JSN or Jordan Addison over Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Because I don't think they have quite the same upside. I think Dave's right. The, the upside difference is pretty significant between Richardson, Stroud, and Young. There is a world, <laughs> and not only is there a world, I've already done it this year uh, in the last couple of days. I took Gibbs over Stroud in a scenario. I took JSN over Gibbs in a, or over Stroud in a scenario. Right now in this, I'm drafting purely on value. Right. Um, if I know my league and I've tried to trade out of that 104 because I already have quarterbacks, uh, you know, in one of the scenarios I had Burrow and Tua, like – I don't need to take Stroud. I would much rather have. <laughs> I think that was the one with uh, Gibbs. I, I much more. I much more wanted the running back on my roster. I tried to move back. I wanted somebody to come up for Stroud and take him, so that I could get a little bit on top of Gibbs. Um, it didn't happen, so I just ended up taking Gibbs. I let Stroud fall. There is a scenario where I will let that happen. Uh, it's unfortunate because I think I should be able to maximize my value, but hey, not every league is going to allow me to do that just because I think I should be able to. So once it comes down to it, I do eventually give up if I know I'm not going right. to be able to maximize that value. So we, we got the first three quarterbacks off the board. Dave takes Jameer Gibbs at five, which I think is an excellent value in Superflex, but also probably not any controversy with that pick. I would expect he's going to go as the second non-QB in the vast majority of drafts. I was very disappointed in our YOLO rookie-only draft. I had the third pick. I offered what I thought was a mountain for Bijan. Dan Schneier would not budge. He was taking Bijan. I Second pick, Jameer Gibbs, I couldn't even get into a trade discussion for Gibbs. So I took Jordan Addison. I, I noticed you mentioned JSN, John, and you took JSN in this draft right after me. Couldn't, with couldn't pick type that seven. name in fast enough. <laughs> I, I, I know. So, so I had those two pretty close before the draft. You strongly prefer JSN even with the early target competition. Yeah, I do. I, I think in the long run, Smith and Jigba is – just gonna be better yeah uh, i do like addison quite a bit i love his landing spot obviously a lot better but i'm trying to not let that be my sole determining factor if i was basing it just on how i think the first eight weeks of 2023 will go i would take jordan addison Dang. that is not how i'm drafting when i'm right. drafting dynasty i want that wide receiver that can be i want to i want i think jackson smith and jigba has the potential to be up in that elite tier where we talk about Jefferson, where we talk about Chase. I don't think Addison has that ceiling. I think they both have extremely safe floors, both yep. very, very good players for a very long time. Smith and Jigba, I think, has that possible ceiling to just really elevate him to, to a super value for I, fantasy football. I dynasty. get that. I do wonder, like, I think – Obviously, Addison's floor concern, Dave, or risk concern is the fact that he weighs 170 pounds soaking wet. 
Um, and that is a significant risk. I don't want to, I don't want to overstate that, but I don't feel like anybody, like there was some concern four or five months ago about JSN as wide receiver one in this class, but we've just kind of decided we're all okay with the fact that he had one good year of college football. It was not good, spectacular, incredible year two years ago. And he was pretty young when he did it. He, he was also very young when he did it. Um, but it's one year also. That, that just doesn't bother you at all? Mm, it bothers me a little bit. But if you dig into the reasons for it, there's two things that you should do when you see that. Number one, dig into the reason for why it was only one year. He pulled a hamstring early on in 2022, didn't get a lot of playing time, and then he kind of just sat out the rest of the season. And the hamstring injury also kept him out from the combine. So hopefully he's got that taken care of. So that's the other reason. The second thing I look for is what was this guy like before the breakout year? Was he a, you know, did he have a great pedigree coming out of high school? And in the case of JSN, this dude was like the the Texas player of the year. Maybe it was the Dallas player of the year, but one or the other, just huge accolades coming out of Dallas and one of the top prospects in the class. That pedigree matters to me as well. And so sometimes when these types of players go to a school where they're buried on the depth chart, they're sharing the field with a lot of other really good wide receivers, they don't get a huge opportunity. In the case of Smith and Jigba, he got the opportunity with those big-time receivers, and those big-time receivers were talking about how JSN was the best receiver on the team. Now, maybe that's just them being nice, and we're talking about Garrett Wilson (laughs) and Chris Olave. Those were JSN's teammates at Ohio State. But I think that that matters a little bit. So he didn't have that clear path to starting right away as a freshman. And then when he did get the opportunity to play, he was spectacular. Then an injury played a role. I think you kind of weigh it all out. And I see what John sees, a really talented wide receiver who's probably going to be better than we think he'll be as a rookie, even though he's sharing targets with Metcalf and Lockett in Seattle. So we had pick eight and pick nine off the board. Dave took Zay Flowers. I took Quentin Johnston. And wah, wah, wah. yeah, like this is the point of the yeah. draft where we were supposed <laughs> to be. Ex- we, well, Dave, Dave says there's, there's one left. Um, I am, you know how I feel about rookie tight ends. Um, oh, that's exactly where I'm going. He, you're going with Dalton Kincaid because I he's, was waiting. Absolutely, the the tight end who's going to be used like a wide receiver, and it's yeah, not going to turn out like Mike Gesicki at all. It's going to be it's, this time. It's going to work. This time, the rookie wide, the tight end is going to be awesome. It may all not right. have worked for other people, but maybe it'll work for us. <laughs> so, so you guys do. I think we saw him in our draft, um, which was a one quarterback draft, go with the seventh or eighth pick, Dave. Yeah. Um, John, you, you feel good about Kincaid in the first round. It's not just, darn it, the nine guys I wanted are gone, so I'm going to take him. Do I feel good? <laughs> um, not. <laughs> I don't know that good is what describes it. Um, I feel he is the last one that has the potential to have like that massive upside. And it, when, I, when I draft in Dynasty, I want guys that have a chance to really increase in value. Dalton Kincaid has that chance. Again, I am not thrilled with this pick, but it is where he has to go um, because if he does hit, I have my tight end position locked up. I love locking up that tight end position. It makes my life a lot easier. I don't have to waste five or six roster spots and then pick each week who I want to start. If he hits, 
I lock him in my lineup. That gives me more shots at wide receiver and running back on my on my deep bench <laughs> to, to just stack guys that I can pull up later, hopefully. So because of the way I attack tight end position in Dynasty, it does make it a little bit more valuable. It's definitely a risk to take a first round tight end. I am, even though I'm a huge Pitts lover, that's my guy, whatever. Uh, I am not usually in full support of taking a tight end early, but of the of who's left, he's got the best chance to really lock in week to week as a starter for me. Now we're going to talk about these last two picks in just a second. I want to run through the full first round. I do want to say, like in regards to this class, we all feel pretty good about the top nine in a super flex, and that's great. I remember being here last year and everybody telling me you need to trade these late firsts and Hmm. these early seconds for 2023 picks because the 2023 draft is going to be so much better than the 2022 draft is. And so I just want to caution people if you're thinking that. I kind of feel that way myself right now. I'm not super excited about the guy I took at the end of round one, but I, I think the odds are that about half of these guys that go from 10 to 16, 10 to 18 we're going to be thinking, well, I'd much rather have them than the 2024 first in about 11 months. The, the first round of our super flex rookie only three man mock Bijan Robinson goes one, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, the top three quarterbacks go two through four. Then we've got Jameer Gibbs at five, Jordan Addison at six, JSN at seven, Zay Flowers at eight, Quinton Johnson. Johnston, and we'll never get that right, at 9. Dalton Kincaid, the first tight end, goes to John at 10. And then at 11 and 12, I feel like we have kind of the same thing we had at 6 and 7 with Addison and JSN. Dave takes Devin A-Chain with the 11th pick. I take Zach Charbonnet with the 12th pick. I don't believe before the draft, and there may have been somebody, there certainly was no consensus around the idea that A-Chain should be going ahead of Charbonnet. Correct. Charbonnet was the clear, I, I, from what I recall, clear RB three in the class. Or how? Or, or we're just moving him because of landing spot, right, Dave? Yeah, uh, and it's a com- for me. It's a combination of landing spot for Charbonnet and landing spot for H. If Charbonnet goes to the Dolphins and H. Chain's in Seattle, uh, H. Chain's not getting picked until the middle of round two. Charbonnet might get picked ahead of Kincaid. And maybe some people who are running back needy would take him ahead of Quentin Johnston or Zay Flowers. Yeah. Because that's a great opportunity in Miami. And that's the opportunity that A Chain's got. And uh, I don't think it's necessarily a mistake that Charbonnet is falling this far because of the landing spot. But I'm starting to kind of dig into what Kenneth Walker's game was last year. And I wonder if I've found. I think I've found the area, and maybe some people that have been paying closer attention to Seattle know better than I, but I think I found the area that Seattle was unhappy with Walker with and that Charbonnet could take over as soon as... Was the, it plays where he September. didn't gain 80 yards? No, it, it's, it goes beyond that. We, we know that Walker really wasn't used that much on third downs to begin with. Yeah. Seattle's always subscribed to using a passing downs back. We know Charbonnet can catch passes. Did you know that Kenneth Walker had 10 attempts inside the five last year for Seattle and that he only scored on two. And some of the plays, there are just huge runways for him to go two yards into the end zone and he doesn't see it. And there's a couple of other plays where the offensive line stinks. There's just nothing that Kenneth Walker could have done. But two of 10. Charbonnet was nine of 18 at UCLA. 
And with Seattle's offensive line gaining some depth in the draft. Well, he's a bigger back too, yeah. I, I, th- I think he might be the better option in short yardage. Well, those are two huge roles that you're going to want to have a running back get in fantasy football. And if Charbonnet is getting that as a rookie, then the clock might be ticking on how soon he actually eats into all of Kenneth Walker's playing time and makes Walker the change of pace home run hitting back and not the starting running back that's going to go and help you win your fantasy league. Zach Charbonnet is Jamal Williams. Ken Walker is DeAndre Swift. You heard it from no. Dave first. Except Charbonnet well, can catch passes. Hold that's on. Except Charbonnet can catch passes. <laughs> Jamal uh, can sh- And Charbonnet is more explosive than Jamal Williams. We've we got to take a short break, and then we will get to round two. And I'm going to make John rank, because he loves rankings. Zach Charbonnet, Devin A. Chain, and Ken Walker in Dynasty. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, John, I gave you a long time there to uh, to get this ranking put together. How would you rank those three running backs, A-Chain, Charbonnet, and Walker? So Walker's still obviously very valuable. <laughs> He's right. going to be top of the list. The other two, I think it is really a split decision. Um, I would take Charbonnet first, and it's a lot of what Dave said. Um, right now, he's on the up, like, and Kenneth Walker's kind of on the down. So, or, you know, if you're right. picturing their value, which way they might go. I want A-Chain as well. <laughs> um, right. I don't care which one I get out of those two, like those back two at the end. I'll flip a coin and take whichever one's left for me. I'm not moving up to get one of them. I'm happy to get either. Uh, so they're really close in value. A-Chain should be – look, Miami's offense should be really fun. It should be fast. It should score a lot of points. I want the running back that is involved in that scenario more than I want the running back that's involved in a committee in Seattle. But I think Charbonnet is better overall, (laughs) if that makes sense. So I think there's more of a chance that Charbonnet eventually takes over as the lead back in Seattle than there is that A-Chain kind of takes over the offense in Miami. He's always going to be kind of a tertiary piece. Ooh, tertiary. I, I like I that. He, may, he might be a secondary piece, right? No, I want tertiary. He's, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's going below secondary. It's a good, it's a good word. I, I do think I, – I, I've gone back and forth and back and forth. I have Charbonnet over A-Chain right now. I'm also not entirely sure that Mike McDaniel's offense is going to be good for a running back if Tua stays healthy. I think there's a chance if Tua stays healthy, they just throw the ball 700 times and Tyreek Hill's wide receiver one and Jalen Waddle's wide receiver two. And the running back situation is just not that all exciting, especially when they're sharing between four guys. Um, but we have started round two. Will Levis has gone with the first pick in round two. 
to John you, Bosch. You thought there was a drop off after Quentin Johnston? <laughs> oh boy, I I hate. Like I'm looking at. Okay, I either have to take the quarterback Will Levis, not a first round quarterback draft pick. I don't really uh, necessarily feel great about that. Um, Kendry Miller, I did like him as the best running back available. Michael Mayer, the next best tight end, but he had, you know, kind of a drop, although the Raiders did come up for him. So like there, there's, there, there was reasons to take every player reasons to not take every player. Ultimately I went with, this is super flex. Just take the quarterback, take the quarterback, take the quarterback. Same reason I took CJ Stroud, uh, earlier in the draft. He's the quarterback stick with the quarterback and super flex. So I am going. They, Dave followed it up with Jonathan Mingo, who was my my clear next pick. Um, that's that's who I was hoping to get. We need to start the round two running back discussion right now because Dave knows who I would take if I was going strictly based on my rankings. But we're about a round earlier than where that guy's going to go based on ADP. So I may just wait and see where you guys take him. I'm going to go ahead and take Kendry Miller right here um but there are a handful of running backs who i think are going to go in this round or at the start of the third round miller roshan johnson um mm-hmm. ty J. spears tank bigsby uh israel abanakanda which is my favorite of the group john you said you don't like this round two situation i i'm of the feeling that two or three of these running backs that are in this range are going to be producers this year i don't know which two or three they are um and i think that if that happens and you hit on one you should do everything you can during the middle of their success to trade them for a 2024 first um we've seen that over and over with some of these day two and day three running backs the past couple of years but do you have a strong preference amongst this group do you want to have a couple of second round picks so you can stockpile a couple and see which one hits or you're just out so I don't have a preference, but I do have a strategy for it. Um, I don't want to take them at the beginning of the tier. That's yeah. and as much as I there, there's I didn't move around a lot. I've already had, I don't know, like 30 rookie drafts or something like that. I did not make a lot of moves in the first round because the first round felt really expensive. Second round, I've moved a ton all yeah. over the place. I've moved up, I've moved down. Basically, the way I attacked it in my dynasty rookie drafts is if I'm at the top of the tier, I want to target that bottom of the tier pick. So, like I said, what if I was at the 201, I, I would find taking Lee, Levis, Miller, Mayer, honestly, Laporta, Mingo, like, yeah. uh, and Rishi Rice. I'm really fine with, like, all of them. So I would be looking at, like, the 205, 206. Give me something and move up to the 201, and then I'll take whoever falls. And that's how I want to target these running backs as well that you mentioned – I'm okay getting Roshan Johnson. Happy to have him on my team. I'm not moving up for him, but if I can move back, get him plus something, that's how I really have been attacking the second round. And I've moved all over. When it gets to that last tier, then I'll jump up for it. When it's the last player in the tier and that pick's on the clock, I will jump up and I'll take that guy because I want him. Um, Who am I taking after Kendry Miller after all of that? I will take – it's hard not to take a guy that is going to be catching passes – from Adam Holmes. So of course. I'm gonna take Rachy Rice. 
Well, I understand that. I mean, if you look at the success that the Chiefs have had with their dra- drafted wide receivers since Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid got together, it's especially yeah. in year one, these it's guys lost. have really, really just set the league. Up. No, I think I think it, I, I'm low on Rice, um, partially maybe because I'm pouting because the Chiefs took him because he was like my wide receiver twenty. Um, coming into the draft and partially because I do think learning the Chiefs system in year one is a problem. But again, this is not a year one pick. This is a, a four or five years from now pick. I, I'll be very interested to see what happens this year between Kadarius Tony, between Rasheed Rice, between Sky Moore. I hope there is an opportunity for one of those three players to really have their value rise significantly. I hope it's not like it was for most of last year where they're just kind of taking turns and we've got the the month of this guy and the month of this guy and we've got a wide receiver run going right now because Dave also took Josh Downs right after. So Rasheed Rice and Josh Downs off the board. I'm not going to wait any longer, Dave. I'm just going to take the guy that I would have taken when I took Kendry Miller. Abanacanda. Sure. Abanacanda, yes. Um, and, and Who, people, listen, as far as talent goes, he's outstanding. Right. If, if he had gone to the Dolphins... Then he would be he'd be a first round pick. We wouldn't even be talking about him at where are we? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18th overall. Ridiculous. He's he's better than that as a talent. It just stinks that he went to the Jets and he's backing up a guy who's a year and change older than him, who's supremely talented, but coming off of a torn ACL. So I, I don't know how much run a Bannican is going to get for however long Brees Hall is healthy. When Brees Hall isn't healthy, I think a Bannicanda could be very helpful for fantasy purposes. I, I have this fear, John, as somebody who has a lot of Brees Hall, that this is going to be, with Nathaniel Hackett running the offense, an Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon type split. And I, th- I think people would say, no, Brees Hall is too good to be sharing at that rate with anybody. And I would say that Aaron Jones has been arguably the most efficient running back in football over the last three or four years by, by a variety of measures. Partially, I think the Packers think because they haven't given him 20 touches per game. Do you have any concern that Hall's not going to be like a, a full feature back this this year? I don't have that concern. Yeah. I, I think Brees Hall is lining up to be a stacked running back this year. Hopefully, I do like Amanda Kanda. I, I like that player. I hate right. where he fell. I mean, and ultimately, I don't think I would draft him in the middle of the second. I haven't right. seen him going there. I think you will have 100% exposure, Heath, <laughs> at every, liking him at that value. <laughs> every draft I take, I'm just going to move back three more spots to where I take him. So by the time I get to my fourth or fifth or sixth rookie draft, I will be taking him in round three. Um, there's like everybody else, but I'm going to get a couple early shots at him as well. I think you're right. Like he, He's going to go behind. And I would just say, like I think there's a chance Roshan Johnson's the third back on the Bears. Everybody's going to take Roshan over Abanacanda. And I'm yeah. not certain at all that he's going to beat out Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman. And what's what's the rule that John laid out at the start of this? Take pod? the back of the tier. Well, no, even earlier in the pod, talent wins out. Yeah, like when we were talking about Smith and Jigba, we hated that he went to Seattle, but we we can all agree that he's a talented wide receiver who's got upside to be one of the best in the league. We saw something like that when he put up better numbers than Garrett Wilson. And Chris Olave two years ago at Ohio State. And so if you draft just on talent, 
I think a band of cannon makes a ton of sense and you just wait for him to get his opportunity. So he's a pick that you got to be patient with. You, you might be able to use him week one. If Brees Hall isn't ready to go, that would be outstanding. But by the time we get to uh, like, let's say Halloween, uh, he's going to be more of a trick than a treat. I do like that at, at just 20 years old, week one, um, he is someone who could go through the, the process that Tony Pollard's been through the past couple of years where he kind of has to prove that even if the other guy's good, you need to use me too, and then get to that free agency or fifth, not, not fifth year option, free agency or, or whatever decision time, and he's still just 24 years old. Like that, that came for Tony Pollard at a time when Pollard's turning 26. It's not quite as exciting for dynasty purposes. He's finally going to be unleashed. Maybe you get two years out of him, and then he's old. Um, so I do think that there's some hope that Abanacanda, even if he is in a 1B or 2 situation, when he gets free, he's still only going to be 24 years old. Now, I, my original plan was that we were going to do two rounds at regular speed and then a, a lightning round for round three. We're going to take a short break. We're going to, doing, going to do a lightning round for the second half of this draft. Yes. So we can get through the next uh, 18 picks right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, the first six picks of round two. We have gotten started. Jonathan Mingo went second behind Will Levis. So Will Levis, Jonathan Mingo, Kendry Miller, Rasheed Rice, Josh Downs, Israel, Abanacanda. We have started on the back half of round two. Michael Mayer goes to John. At pick 19, Dave takes Jaden Reed. I don't think Sam Laporte has been taken yet. He has not. Ooh, but you know what? I'm going to take another one of my guys, but I do think he'll go in this range more often. Marvin Marvin Mims. Mims. Yes, Marvin Mims here at the end of round two. In non-superflex leagues, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes at the beginning of round two. This kind of I think how you like him may say something about how much you like Cortland Sutton. And what you think Cortland Sutton's role is going to be the next couple of years? Because I I think Mims can eventually do everything Sutton does and a little bit better. Three more picks left in round two. Let's get us going, John. Yeah, I will take Sam Laporta there. It was actually a toss up for me for Michael Mayer and Laporta. Um, ultimately, you know, the Raiders showed interest, <laughs> so they came up, they got him. If 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 Mayer had gone like three or four picks earlier in the NFL draft. We would all view him much different, much uh, in a much different light. Just, just that right. little bit of a difference from first round to second round. So he fell, uh, but it was still close for him and Laporta. I'll go Laporta there. I'll, I'll keep going tight end. I will read through the second half of round two now. Michael Mayer, Jaden Reed, Marvin Mims, 
Sam Laporta. Roshan Johnson goes to Dave. I take Tajay Spears at pick 24, another guy from that range. So in the round two running backs, we said it, and there's still a couple of them left that'll go early round three. But Kendry Miller, Israel Abanacanda. There's a little gap. Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears. I wouldn't be surprised if we see five running backs going round two in most drafts. But, um, well, definitely in non-superflex because you won't see Will Levis here. But th- those four guys and, and a couple more, like there's not a lot of floor there. You might be throwing your second-round pick away, but you also might have a starter as soon as their rookie year. We are ready for round three. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off with another running back, I, kind of the last running back that I have interest in in this range. Plenty of dark throws late, but in this range that you were talking, late second, early third, I'll take Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. Was kind of hoping for him. Hey, are we using IDPs? Can I take Jack Campbell? <laughs> you cannot take a defensive player. You can take a defensive player with your first pick in our YOLO league, though. I would love it if you did that. I'm not going to do that. Um, I, I got I got a decision to make here between Jalen Hyatt and Tank Dell. Hate Dell's profile. Love the potential of him in Houston. Uh, potentially long-term catching passes from C.J. Stroud. Hyatt definitely has a little bit better of a profile as far as size goes. Kind of don't love that he's in New York, but I think I'm going to take – they're both speedy. I'll take the profile in Hyatt uh, over Tank Dell, but it was really close. The other lesson that I think I'm learning here, um, Keith, you mentioned that you took Marvin Mims because he was your guy. Jaden Reed is one of my guys, and I really like the talent and the opportunity that I think he'll have in Green Bay. I think I probably could have waited and maybe I should have taken Laporta over Jaden Reed because I think Laporta is going to go over Reed in a bunch of drafts anyway. So just keep that in mind if you're in a draft and you're thinking about trading up. If Laporta is your guy, you probably have to trade up for him. If Reed's your guy, maybe you don't have to and you can just wait for him to fall to you. I will. Uh, I'll take another receiver that I've got in that same group. You mentioned Tank Dell. You mentioned Jalen Hyatt. I like uh, I like Michael Wilson out of that group. I still don't really believe that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be an Arizona Cardinal this year. I do think that Wilson will be the only wide receiver over six foot tall on the Arizona Cardinals. Have a really good chance of starting his rookie year and and getting some pretty decent production as well down the line with Kyler Murray. We have uh, three picks in in round three. It's Tank Bigsby, Jalen Hyatt, Michael Wilson, John Bosch back on the clock. I'll go back-to-back Tanks. Uh, I mean, I'll take Tank Dale. I've taken him a lot in the early third rounds. It's a a third-round pick. What, What have I got to lose? And I think he has the upside to be something I can start. I, I did like hearing that uh, C.J. Stroud had uh, requested Tank Dell be drafted. Like I thought that mm-hmm. that 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 always makes me feel good. It doesn't hurt. I uh, I I have a guy that I like, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to try and go against the lesson uh, that I broke with Jaden Reed. I'll take Chase Brown, who I think is a good bench running back and definitely has potential to be. A, a tandem running back in Cincinnati, maybe not this year, but in the future. Oh, I guess I'll take Hendon Hooker. <laughs> that's who Look, I was going to take, take with the exact same enthusiasm with my next pick, Heath. <laughs> yeah, like somebody uh, has to take him. Yeah, but you know what? If that's the way you feel about a player, then you're taking the wrong player. <laughs> well, you no. should. And this goes for anybody in any draft where you go, I guess I'll take blank. If that's how you feel when you're taking the player in your fantasy draft, you shouldn't take him. Run away. 
run it's away. Round three. Dave, I just give you the run, chance Dave. to take that pick back if you want. What, you mean, a you mean just, just hand three. it over to somebody? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be excited about my mid-round three draft picks, Dave. I cannot match your level of enthusiasm. I don't care. You still should be. Area. You should have some set level of. Excited. He's a quarterback in the Superflex League. That's my level of excitement. I mean, you Can said that with the enthusiasm of cutting your check to the IRS. Right, it, exactly. That is a very apt comparison. Thank Sometimes you. Sometimes you just have to do it, left. though, Dave. <laughs> got six right, picks But in left. fantasy football, you don't break the law if you don't cut that check. That's true. In reality, you got to cut that check or else they're coming for you. Let's I mean, the, it, it does off. feel like the upside of Hendon Hooker is maybe he becomes startable like in a bye week for you at some point in your super flex. Sure. Mm, but that, I think he's got better upside than that. John. That's got value. Just that does have some value. Too. All right. We are really uh, scraping the place where I just don't have strong feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take we, – we've got a volunteer, a little bit of a volunteer block here, so – I'll go ahead and take Cedric Tillman. Uh, I'm not going to be enthused about anybody here. <laughs> right. Dave, get excited about whoever you're taking. Yeah, Who's Dave, your guy? Dave, Dave, make the rest of the picks. I think. Dave's do I, super excited. Do I, uh, do I take the guy that I, Ta- I just kind of want? Take the guy. This I is am. rapid fire. Rapid fire. It's Sean Tucker. He wasn't even drafted in the National Football League. He went as a free agent to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I really liked his film, and I think he does have potential to matter this season. I will take Zach Evans, who is a very similar fell because of medicals type guy and was drafted. And his coach says that what he does complements what Cam Akers does, which I assume means they think Zach Evans can catch. We have three picks left in our super flex rookie only case. I always say his last name wrong. There's Kayshawn who fell all the way to the Patriots. Now he falls all the way to the end of round three. Yeah. He, he at one point had really high upside. I'm yep. going to go ahead and. Maybe it'll return, you know. And I will not let this draft end without taking Deuce Vaughn because that is fun. That is fun, and it's fantasy football. So our the round three of our draft. And again, if you're if you're listening to this on the podcast and you want to see the board, go to YouTube. You can see it on screen. But round three, we've got Tank Bigsby, Jalen Hyatt, Michael Wilson, Tank Dell, Chase Brown, Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, Sean Tucker, Zach Evans. Kayshawn. Kayshawn Boutte. Deuce Vaughn. Uh, that, that's a I, – I don't feel too bad about Vaughn, Evans, Tucker, Chase Brown, those running backs in that in that round three range. Again, I'm, I'm just kind of throwing darts here and hoping I could find some production that then I could sell for a higher pick. And those types of running backs yep. have been the guys. Now, there's right. been a wide receiver or two that's done it the last few years as well. Uh, John, we, we appreciate you doing this draft with us. We have about five minutes left. Dave had a question from our draft, and I'm going to try to sneak in a fantasy cops question because I know you are the commissioner authority. Right. Um, Dave, you go. No, first. no, no. Go to the. Let's start with the fantasy cops question. Dave wants to get me in trouble. So <laughs> we have a in our rookie drafts. We are we are not able to drop. Now we're not making any comment on on this. This is just a rule that has always been. It's been going around for six years. You can't drop players during the draft. You must drop enough players before the draft to make the number of picks that you want to make. John, these are the rules. Just just listen to the rules. So this this is these are bad rules. Two different times. Ooh. Two different times I have had to restart the draft out of the kindness of my own heart because someone didn't drop enough players and couldn't make their first round pick. 
very, it's very frustrating to me as a commissioner because I send out a warning a week beforehand. I give people a warning the day beforehand, and then they still don't do it. So about three years ago, I decided I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not restarting. Um, the, the trick around this whole thing is that while you cannot drop players during the draft, you can make trades. And there is nothing to prevent you for trading for an illegal lineup. Um, there's nothing, it, it just, it works. I know in some leagues there's a, there's a click where that you can't do that. And there's some leagues, mm-hmm. there's a click where you can. So the workaround for people who have not dropped enough players has been that you have to find somebody who's willing to not make any more picks, trade those players you want to drop to them during the draft and give them something that makes them want to take on that roster spot. Kind of like we saw the Houston Texans trade Brock Osweiler to the Cleveland Browns, and they had to give them a pick to make that deal happen so they they could get rid of him because they didn't want him anymore. I'm the commissioner of this league, and this is where it gets a little bit dicey. People come to me in the middle of the draft and say, I didn't drop enough players, Heath. I can't make a pick. What do I do? And so I explained to them, here's the path for you to get right. You need to trade all of those players to someone who's not going to make any more picks. Oh, I am that someone. I'm not going to make any more picks in this draft. But you're going to have to pay something to get me to want to do that. Now, they could make this trade with anybody in the league. I've never indicated they couldn't. It has happened between other teams in the league. But I'm always the first guy they come to because they screwed up and I'm the commissioner. Mm-hmm. And I always offer this out to them. And every year it's resulted in me acquiring a, a draft pick or a player. That's that's the fantasy cops that Including you can be. More this like year. fantasy therapist. There's no there's no cops here, but you kind of benefited from it. Yes. Oh, I'm definitely benefiting from it. Yeah, no question. But yes. why would I take their players yes. and allow them to make draft picks if I was not benefiting? I think it would be illegal. If I was taking their draft picks just for the purpose of helping them and not benefiting from it, my job is to benefit my team. Yes. So you're setting yourself up to make it hard on yourself. (laughs) No, I want to clarify the last point. Like the, the um, no dropping players during the draft is not a rule that I'm enforcing. It's, or that I'm causing. It's just a rule. It's, I have no control over that. Oh, that rule can't be changed. Right. Yep. Oh. So um, that's why I said we're not we're not judging the rule. We're okay. judging the, the workaround of the rule. So I my suggestion would be for the workaround is change the roster settings. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. during times of draft, add 10 roster spots. What what, what my fear is hearing that limitation uh-huh. uh is it inhibits trades and player movement. Now, yes, it might might make some people have to trade, but they're always going to end up trading to probably the first person they go to, which is always going to be the commish. Which... Not always. We we do have in the last three years at least two examples of this happening between teams that I was not involved. So that's it's definitely not not always and not even every time per year. I mean, ultimately, I will side with the commish because if the rules are laid out, people should know the rules. That's that. Right. As the commission, I would probably say, how can I make it so this isn't going to be a pain in my neck during the draft? How am I get, How can I make it so I don't have to restart the draft? What can I do to uh, get around this limitation in a way that makes my life as easy as possible? Because <laughs> that's a limitation yeah, I that, think quite I'm frankly, cho- is not fun. <laughs> I may be but- choosing the benefit of the trades over the ease of life. 
Yes, choose the ease of life as a commissioner one, but also that'll allow people to take on take on more players and still make picks. Like they don't have to make that decision. Well, if I want to trade for players, I have to give up my ability to draft. That's something that people will not want to give up. They will not want to give up their ability. Well, I will tell you what, they don't want to trade for a pick after round two either. And most of them don't want to trade for a pick after round one. People are not that excited about making draft picks outside of basically the top 20 in this particular league, at least. Um, Dave, what was your, uh, what was your issue? Uh, I'll try and summarize it as best as I can. I had pick six in our rookie draft. The fantasy manager at pick five is someone who's savvy, loves high upside players. The receiver that I wanted was Zay Flowers. I made an offer to this player or to this manager to move up one spot. I offered a second round pick. Uh, maybe it was a swap of seconds. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was this whole package just to move up one spot. And then I realized I looked at the guy's roster and he's loaded at wide receiver. And so I'm wondering when you go to make a draft day trade involving picks, do you, should you look at the roster first and kind of deduce in your mind, all right, this guy's unlikely to take a player at the position that I want. Why should I bother making a, uh, a trade offer to him? I 100% do that, especially if it involves a quarterback, because that's, that's a really easy and quick one to find out. Look, if you're in a super flex, they've got one quarterback, and then they have Matt, Matt Stafford as their QB2. This guy's probably going to be taking a quarterback at the second, third, or fourth. So I can either, if I'm trying to get a quarterback, get in there. I know I'm going to have to pay more. Or if I don't want a quarterback, I don't have to go to them. Like So I definitely do that. That's okay. a very good thing to do. Tight end, I think it's pretty important if there is a really clear tight end to take and spot to take that. That's also easy to track down who has a tight end and who doesn't. Wide receiver and running back, is it's a little bit sketchier. You can try it. I'm bad at <laughs> I'm bad at interpreting what other people are going to do at those positions. Quarterback and tight end, I can usually guess. Running back, wide receiver. You can never have too many of those on Jump. any fantasy roster. So on, with 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 thank you getting the, getting the hook here. We, the music's <laughs> playing, Dave. We thank you for your participation in the mock. We thank you so much for everything you've done with Fantasy Cares, Fantasy Cares Eliminators. Um, again, I, I would really encourage people. John told you go follow Fantasy Cares on Twitter. Go follow fan, Fantasy. Subscribe to Fantasy Cares on YouTube. There's going to be so much new stuff coming this year. And get ready for this week signing up for the Fantasy Cares Eliminators. You can play in a league against me. You can play in a league against Dave. A lot of you guys out there like to say, oh, I'm, I'm better than Heath is. I'm better than Dave is. Come prove it. Come yeah. prove it. And let's raise some money for the kids as well. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you, guys. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.